Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Miz Unfiltered. I have a special episode for you today with one of my very good friends, Gita Larson. Gita is something that uh, I aim to be in many things that I involve myself in, and uh, that's undeniable. She is undeniable at her craft, and that's why she's on the show, because she's going to drop some knowledge here today um, on all things media and kind of like a little Kickstarter on the main things you need to get started. Like, Gita is so undeniable what she does that if she took pictures of you and you use that for your dating profile, you would meet up with your date in person. You guys would be having a great time. And uh, your date would tell you, oh my God, you look so much worse in person. That's how good Gita can make you look, okay? Now I'm just fucking around. But Gita has done a photo shoot with me and, uh, you know, she she can really bring the brown out of me and, and make it beautiful. So I appreciate her for doing that. Um, I got to hang with her in New York when she was here, you know, uh, making a trip to the East Coast. And uh, I got lost on the subways and almost missed my bus, the last bus that comes back to Philly. Um, but that's a story for another time. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And more importantly, hope you do something with it. Gita, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm excited because we're going to get a little nerdy today and we're going to dive into uh, some things I've always wondered about. You know, if I wanted to get into making some of my own media, like what are the basics I would need? And uh, I think this is going to be fun because I'm kind of that person who doesn't really have an idea about any of this stuff. So um, you'll get a chance to kind of break some of it down for me. Yeah, uh, I'm excited today also just talk about like the real bare bones basics of uh, all the technical stuff I, I do on a daily basis. Definitely. I feel like uh, there's there's a couple components, it seems like. I mean, the camera feels like the most important thing, right, to an extent. It's like uh, there's so many different options out there. Um, and, you know, I guess it also depends on like, okay, are we doing – uh, you know, photos? Are we doing videos? Are there cameras that are able to do both? Um, so what what are you kind of looking for in a camera? Um, you know, when you're thinking about like a beginner like me or somebody who wants to kind of start getting into this? Yeah, so again, like you said, there is a big difference if you're trying to uh, shoot stills or shoot video. Um, I'm just going to kind of tend towards the video side today. Um Mainly what I think you should look for is something not so expensive if you're a beginner because once you get into these uh, higher-end cameras, there's a lot of just uh, settings and switches that uh, if you don't understand the basics of filmmaking, it's not it's, – it's only going to confuse you. Um, so I would go something along the lines of uh, a cheaper camera, something mirrorless is typical when it comes to – um, video in this day and age, and then um, making sure it has very like uh, basic settings, so you don't need to worry about things. Like if they're gonna promote like 4K and all these different like uh, features, it doesn't so much matter when you're just learning. So like, kind of try to uh, separate the flashy advertising and just go for something a little cheaper and a little uh, easier to use, especially when you're first starting out. Just kind of learning the, uh, like, how do you white balance? What 
What does uh, ISO, shutter speed, uh, how do I um, properly expose my image? Just those basic concepts, learning what they are. And then so when you go for like a, a higher end camera, you'll understand what, what this flash really actually means. Yeah, that is definitely something I know if I was to get one, uh, it would make a difference for me because I I would get overwhelmed if it had way too many features. I would have no idea where to kind of start. So what what is a camera? Is there any brand specifically that you, you know, like to point people to? Um, or not just brands, but, you know, like specific models or whatever uh, that are kind of, you know, along the lines of what you're talking about? Um, yeah, uh, I have, uh, a personal love for my own camera, which is in the, uh, Panasonic realm. Um, I use the GH5, uh, but there are like lesser models. So I would just tend towards something on that end. I'm also a big fan of the, uh, Fuji. They make some really great cameras. They kind of try to base their interface off of film cameras. So that's kind of nice if you're really trying to understand what these settings are initially referring to, like ISO as in film speed. Why would film speed carry over to a digital camera? It's those kind of concepts that's kind of nice when it comes to the Fuji systems. Um, I am not a big proponent of Sony, but they do have some very basic cameras that if you're just learning, like, they're they're pretty nice to like pick up as well. Gotcha. Okay. You mentioned so many like a couple different terms. I feel like uh, like mirrorless and ISO shutter speed and things <laughs> like that. Like what what is the if you were to give me like one or two things that I should understand about my camera before I go off and start snapping away? What would those kind of be? Um. I think the main concept to just understand is how to properly expose your image because all of these uh, entities are um, so that you can properly expose. Like ISO, um, uh, shutter speed, and um, uh, f-stop, those three components are like the major three to like properly expose. So if you... Um, understand those three concepts they're all going to relate to how you expose your image um having a faster iso is going to make your image a little more grainy but it will also make allow for more light to come into the picture and then if you make your shutter speed slower that as well makes for more light to come into the picture but if it's too slow uh, you run the risk of motion blur or just moving the camera and having your image be blurry. Um, and then if you uh, open your um, f-stop, the the lower number or the, the bigger the iris ring, um, the more light is able to come in to your shutter as well. And that component has a, um, a little bit different uh, take on your image because the larger that iris ring, the uh, greater depth of field. So the background will be more out of focus compared to your subject. Yeah. So when you cut, it's, it's a lot to kind of take in, but those are the three components that all reflect on your um, 
exposure. And depending on what you're trying to get, whether you're trying to get a fast moving uh, subject or a portrait, something very slow, um, that all comes into account as well as how much separation you want from your subject to the background. So there's a lot of things that you kind of just have to understand. And like those are just the very basic principles of using a camera. So once you kind of understand those, then, um, then getting those higher model cameras makes more sense. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know if this is necessary, but you know how there's so many, it seems like there's so many different uh, accessories that come for these cameras. Like you've got tripods, you've got, I guess, microphones and all sorts of stuff. Which, what, what is actually kind of uh, maybe essential if you are looking into, okay, do I need this accessory or that accessory? Um, or are you good with just kind of, you know, just the camera itself um it depends uh i again think that just learning the basic understandings of a camera is absolutely the most important um but if you're especially if you're new but if you're like looking for just basics attachments i would probably use like a tripod just to like stabilize or um a microphone, a shotgun mic to like get better audio is another uh, good basic one because you don't really need to do much other than plug it in and turn it on. Um, those are the basic like attachments. Like once you kind of start getting an understanding of like the camera and you kind of keep going, like looking into something that like might stabilize the camera for like dynamic moving shots, like a gimbal or having um, any sort of light, like panel on your camera, like those kind of things that can all kind of come next. Uh, but, but understanding the camera, um, having good quality audio kind of is a big separator from, um, kind of, uh, beginner, uh, media to more advanced. Like you, you can very easily be tell something is, um, inexperienced with, media when their audio is really uh very bad quality (laughs) that's kind of the big big number one if their audio and like is is kind of subpar you're like oh they're they're kind of new to this (laughs) yeah i I can see that Uh, it's just funny because as you said like you're talking about uh bad quality audio it's like it it cut out a little bit but 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 it's the Wi-Fi guys, okay? It uh, we're using really nice microphones, uh, so damn, this is this is a nice one. <laughs> yeah, so I can assure you, we know kind of what we're doing here. But uh, <laughs> hang in there. Um, but the next thing I thought of was like you're talking about shutter speed, right? And uh, what that made me think of was the one time you told me how like you had to go through like. 600 or maybe it was even 6,000 pictures or something like that. And, uh, that blew my mind because I was like, okay. Cause I, I obviously if you're, let's say you're recording, um, or not recording, like taking pictures of Marcus, right. Doing snatches or something like that. It's a fast moving type of lift. You're trying to catch some details. So you're taking a ton of pictures, I assume, um, just with like the hit of that one button. Right. Um, and then I, I I would assume that means like this is all not kind of you know going onto your computer like you have some type of uh, I don't know 
like hard drive or something like that. Um, so what would you, is there anything you recommend to make that process very smooth of like, okay, you've got X amount of pictures. What are the types of things you're using to like offload and, and make that part efficient? Yeah. So I feel like you hit on like a bunch of topics here. Um, the, uh, kind of the, the other basic thing you all need is like a, a hard drive, an external hard drive, something with, uh, at least a couple terabytes or not ter- yeah, a couple terabytes on it. Um, because any, th- most computers, um, like their hard drives will be, unless you get like an even more expensive computer, like their regular hard drives will have like, you know, 500 gigabytes, one terabyte, two terabytes. But like, I personally have like seven external hard drives, each worth like four to eight gigs, uh, terabytes, sorry. And uh, so I'm storing absolutely nothing on my computer's hard drive. It just would overload my system like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you need to have something external, especially if you're working on a project that's very important. You, I always recommend having two of those be- so you can have a backup because hard drives are definitely known to crash. And if you lose everything, I 100% know that heartbreak and you just don't want, you want to avoid that at all costs. That's kind of crazy to me that like even a hard, I mean, I guess I've never had experience with, I have like one external hard drive and I I would be pretty devastated if it crashed. But like, does that happen often where your, your hard drive even gets on overload and just like decides to give up? Uh, yeah, like it's not even like on overload sometimes. Like I I got a new hard drive, um, what was it, a couple, two months ago. And it was like only had like maybe a month's worth of work on it, but it crashed. Like it, it corrupted itself. And I like, I couldn't, it couldn't even mount to the uh, computer and it just wouldn't, it wouldn't even like show up that it was registering. And then it just, oh, wow. all these problems. And so it was done. It was, there was no way to like recover it unless I took it to like, a data recovery lab or something, which costs a lot of money. Um, Yeah. That sounds like something like the CIA uses or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was when he actually called that company up and I was like, Hey, like, is there a way we can do this? They're like, yeah, but it's really expensive if it's only like a month's worth of work. And I was like, okay, maybe not. (laughs) 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 Well, what would you, cause I have a, like a Seagate, you know, one terabyte thing uh, that is like almost full soon. And I've seen you, uh, and you have this like ginormous block, like it's it looks like <laughs> it looks like uh, one of those Comcast cable boxes that you get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like that's how big this hard drive is. And I don't even know how much that holds. But like when you're talking, what 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 like what what would you recommend people start out with in that case? Like, is there a brand or a specific storage type or something people should look out for? Um. I just usually try to say don't go super cheap on – so far I've had really good luck with the Lacey hard drives. But again, everything is known to have some percentage of crash rate. But I've had a decent luck with the Lacey hard drives. Uh, the big hard drive that you're referring to is actually a G, a G hard drive. Mm, uh, okay. And that one's an eight terabyte, and that actually is wall mounted. Typically, wall mounted ones I think have a better success rate of not crashing, but they're also a lot more expensive because they're typically large. Like they're the reason they need to be wall mounted, like for a power source, is because they have a lot of um, room for storage. Yeah, it even has like a button on it 
which I've never seen on a hard drive. It's like on and off. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be plugged into a wall and it needs to be turned on and then it, and then you can put it in your computer. Okay. So like what's for the amount – because the other thing is when you're taking these pictures, how much uh, – like how much memory is it taking up to the point where like are you good with a one terabyte hard drive or two terabyte hard drive like what's a good starting point for that i typically always roll with a four terabyte as like my but i mean for my purposes because i am dealing with large amounts of media on a daily basis like for you you're typically dealing with audio and that is like much 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 less than photos or video in terms of storage Right. Okay. Got it. So if you are using this for pictures, it wouldn't hurt to go, go big and go with four. Yeah. And then as well as like, you'll have it for longer if you're not using it as much. But, um, again, if you're working on a, a, like a important project, I would get two, four and continue to like copy everything to a second one. Got it. Okay. Um, now the, the next thing that I'm thinking of is maybe, uh, in regards to like, okay, you've got all these pictures or videos and, uh, now it's time to edit, right. Or I guess, yeah. What is the next step in your process? And if it is editing, what are you kind of, I don't know, what do you, what do you like to use to be able to, uh, maneuver around that stuff? Yeah. Uh, I think, so for me the like, I use the Adobe suite, which I, I'm pretty certain it's just like the gold standard of editing softwares at this point. Um, I use Premiere, Photoshop, and Lightroom. So Premiere is uh, what I use for editing uh, video. It It's pretty solid in terms of everything um, like that you would have learned through any other editing software, like timeline, where you put your video. Like it's it's all pretty like when you understand how to edit video premiere is pretty much the a very solid choice. And then, um, Photoshop and Lightroom, <clears throat> I will use Lightroom as is like in terms of workflow, that's where everything goes first and everything goes through a basic edit in Lightroom, uh, which is just like coloring contrast. Um, essentially like, I like to think of Lightroom as like, if you ever, uh, if you're, uh, familiar with um, like 35 millimeter film or like dark rooms. Mm-hmm. It's kind of everything you could do in a dark room. <laughs> adjust the exposure, uh, w- uh, adjust the like color, that kind of stuff. It's very basic edits. And then once you get out of there and you're like, oh, I realize I want to retouch this person's uh, like facial features or anything along those lines then photoshop kind of comes into play it's a lot more like advanced um structure editing and then to learn the stuff i assume that uh you know like uh, yeah i don't even know like how do you because i've used you know for me audio wise like okay garage band and i know garage band is not that complicated um but then <laughs> but then like i've used a little bit of uh what is that called um Final Cut Pro that's like for video and a little bit of audio or whatever and that is a whole different game for me I was just like whoa there's so much going on here so I can only you you happen to know what version of Final Cut Pro you were using uh I don't it was just kind of like I guess whatever came with my computer Um, Mm, yeah, yeah yeah so the funny thing about Final Cut is that that used to be the the like the 
everyone used Final Cut because it was like a very leading software in terms of film editing. And then out of the blue, they like their next version turned into like an iMovie to like make it so everyone could use it. <laughs> yeah, I can use and iMovie. Then, <laughs> and then everyone dropped Final Cut because I learned everything off of Final Cut Pro, like their set, like Final Cut Pro Seven. That was like how I learned to edit. And then their next like update came out, and it just like everyone. Everyone has stopped using Final Cut since then. That like actually makes media. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Okay, so that yeah, like that's well. I don't even, not even just to say Final Cut, but like Final Cut, Adobe, like it just seems like uh, there's some learning curve to whichever one you're kind of using. But like, how did you go, uh, or how do you recommend people go about that? Like, are you watching YouTube tutorials and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Don't ever downplay YouTube tutorials. <laughs> I've learned a lot <laughs> through YouTube tutorials. <laughs> but uh, main thing with editing software, like anything else, is just putting your time in, like, it's it's rough and you have to just it's just continuing to edit anything you can and just learning as you go because there's no real right way to do things a lot of time in terms of editing like you can get the same result through like maybe three or four different like workflows but it's all kind of like how your brain works and how you think of getting to these final results and using this software to attain them and like picking up different pieces of information and like applying it to your own work. Got it. Yeah. It, it, I guess that does make sense. It's, it's just about kind of uh, playing around with it until you, you stumble across like some basic things. Like uh, for me in, in like garage band, it was like, uh, you know, the trim feature, like being able to cut as I'm going along and, and mark certain spots like that. And I know, you know, my friend who, uh, he was editing something we recorded together and I was watching him do it. And I was like, <laughs> I turned into like a backseat driver. Cause like I couldn't, the way he was doing it, it was like kind of bothering me. He wasn't like trimming as we went along. So it was just creating like double the work for, you know, going back and listening to it. So it's like oh, little, yeah, for sure. little nuances like that, that everybody does it a bit differently. Um, and there's no wrong way, but I assume there's little things you can pick up on that would make that process a little more efficient and hopefully save you some time in the end of it. Oh, yeah, 100 um, percent. Kind of a funny story with me is in terms of me like becoming like a master of Photoshop was like I uh, I had an internship when I was in college for at like a photography studio and she did a lot of like fashion and commercial work and she would teach me how to retouch people and she taught me how to like make someone's skin look like porcelain right like it was like i had like i would spend hours getting rid of people's pores like it was not wow. a fun job but it was um how she would teach me to go through things and uh one day she was like watching me go and she just was like oh my God, this is garbage. I'm going to redo everything. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh, that's <laughs> like, terrible. And it was like, but like, so I had that like experience of someone like over my shoulder constantly. Like you don't need that. It was extreme, but everyone has their different way of like looking at these softwares and getting this. Like you can, you can make someone's skin uh, super uh, like clear multiple different ways on photoshop but 
her way was the best way while I was at this internship. But, you know, uh, yeah. there's, it's all about you and your, uh, like, outlook on what you're trying to create. And, like, because I've taken things from the internship. I learned a lot of things that I still use today. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that I was like, I'm going to do it this way because this works better for me. Totally. It's because in the end, it's just about uh, you understanding it and being able to flow through that whole process, um, one, effectively and then also efficiently. Like, how is it going to be maybe uh, the quickest for you while also obviously preserving quality and that type of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Um, cool. Well, OK, for me, like I, I feel like I have a good sense of, OK, camera. I know I know where to look you know, in regards to that, uh, storage, I have a little bit more of an idea of what to expect and, and what to do when it comes to that. And then it seems like you gave us a kind of a, you know, we scratch the surface on editing and what we can kind of do there. Um, is there anything else you want to leave people with in this one? Cause I know there's so much more that, uh, we can, and we will, uh, continue to kind of record, which is getting into, things like maybe, you know, lighting and techniques for taking pictures and things like that. But this was kind of like a, if it was like, to me, it felt like a starter kit, you know, it's like, this is Gita's starter kit of how you would get rolling if you want to start taking pictures and stuff is like, hey, these are the essentials that you need, ignore everything else, and you'll be kind of good to go. Yeah, I agree. I think this was a very like the three basics of what you're looking for is that camera, um, the storage of how you're keeping all of your files, and then just the editing software. And if you kind of like start to like really just learn and understand those basic three things, you can kind of get your uh, foot in the door and get off to a good start. Perfect. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much, Kita, for coming on. This was fun as always. And uh, we'll be back with with some more. Um, you know, technical stuff around photography and videography. Yeah, that'd be awesome.